Welcome to the Nerd Normie Podcast. I'm a big film nerd, Everett. And I'm Emerald, and I'm engaged to a nerd. On this week's episode, we will be covering two movies from last year. Uh, we have The Iron Claw, directed by Sean Durkin. And Quiz Lady, directed by Jessica Yu. Uh, for both of these movies, we will do non-spoilers and then spoilers. There will be time codes in the description below. Let's get into it. The Iron Claw is written and directed by Sean Durkin and stars Zac Efron, Jeremy Allen White, Harris Dickinson, Dickinson, and the kind of main three roles um and it follows the life of the von erics which are a famous wrestling family from like you know wwe kind of wrestling in 1970s i think their dad started in like 50s 60s something like that and then they kind of rise in the in the 80s into the 80s yeah because the 80 olympics anyway um yeah it's about their life and their horrible father. Yeah, it's basically just how he is the devil and they are just tragic little kids. Yeah, um, a very basic synopsis. Basically, they believe the Von Erich name is cursed and bad things keep happening. And in spite of that, the father doesn't change his ways and keeps pushing to fight back against it. Not that they're you know is a curse or anything supernatural in this movie but like but right yeah. up to the <laughs> end he is just the worst person on earth and it sucks because they are all trying their hardest the whole time and he just doesn't care yeah yeah he's a pretty messed up guy uh and his wife is pretty jaded and just non-existent and therefore the kids are but she has some growth he doesn't yeah um and yeah so it's basically it follows these boys who are now some of them the oldest one is zach efron and he's in his early mid-20s uh jeremy allen white is off at college and then they have two younger brothers um and then yeah he tries to basically get them all into wrestling to fulfill his dream that he could not do. Yeah, so he wants the the championship, world championship belt or whatever. The um, heavyweight champion yeah. belt in their home. And yeah, and I think this is a good movie. I can see why some people think it's a great movie if it connects with you. It's Zac Efron's strongest performance of his career. I think he's only been in, like, one or two other serious movies. Yeah. I know it's... Everett didn't think he was that great in it, but I, I really did think that he was quite good, considering the last thing I saw him in was Baywatch. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought he was fine. I thought he was clearly outclassed by Jeremy Allen White, which well, is... Well, everyone no, is. Yeah, that's <laughs> not me. It's not a huge knock on him. He is good in the movie, but Jeremy Allen White is the standout of the brothers, um, in my opinion. And yeah, I think this movie, it starts off and it's kind of fun and a little leans into kind of the crazy, wacky nature of wrestling and the, you know, why to these people, even though 
you know, if you don't follow wrestling, it's just, oh, it's just scripted. Like, it's all fake. They predetermine everything and choreograph the fight. Why do I care who wins? But to them, it's like, no, you win if you're good and if the promoters want to keep pushing you further and further. So it's almost, I kind of likened it to winning an Oscar. It's, you know, it's not a definitive you beat this person. It's just you did well enough that a group of people decided you can win. Um, And that's the prize they're after. And therefore, you know, it's not really something they can just attain by getting stronger and better fighters. They have to learn to play to the crowd and which is where Zac Efron's character, he falls flat because he just struggles talking in front of everyone. And he's just a very sweet guy. So doing the tough man on the mic thing is just not for him so he struggles to move up because he's not a performer he just likes wrestling with his brothers and being strong and happy (laughs) yeah um and so yeah you know it kind of continues i don't want to say in a predictable manner but it's you know it's basically there's a a train heading for the end of the track and you can just keep watching them not pull the brake and so you know eventually it's going off the track and that's exactly what happens and yeah if there's not a curse there should be because <laughs> my goodness were they unlucky <laughs> yeah um but yeah so it just kind of you know ends in a lot of heartbreak and tragedy and emotional moments and yeah there was some moments in that kind of third act that came across a little cheesy to us But I think if you fully bought in to those moments, I can see why so many people are invested in this movie. I think it could have been a little better if it didn't play into the goofiness all the time that it did. Uh, And yeah, it was just a little more serious. It kind of undercut some of its serious tone at moments. Yeah. Um, But yeah, overall, pretty good. All right, spoilers for the Iron Claw. Um, so yeah, Zac Efron is getting pushed into fighting, and or not his pushed only into, goal but, yeah. is to be heavyweight champion because yeah. that's what his dad wants from him, and he just wants his dad to be proud of him. And like, there's a scene; it's in the trailers and stuff, um, where like the dad lists out his sons in his favorite order and tells them, "Oh, this can always change." And that is the premise of the movie: is four sons clamoring for their dad's favor. Um, They lost a son very early on um, before the movie fully, like, takes place. Um, So Zac Efron's technically the second oldest. um, But he meets a girl and starts to kind of realize there's more to life than just being in the gym and then fighting people on your weekends. Uh, And so it's kind of looking for more. And because of this, the dad starts to favor other brothers and whatnot. Um, and then, uh, the, uh, Jeremy Allen White's brother or him, he's going to be going to the Olympics, but it gets canceled because of the Olympics being held in the Soviet Union. So the U S did not go, um, uh, because of this, he comes home and starts wrestling with them. So him, uh, the second to youngest brother also joins in being a wrestler, and he's the one who's good on the mic, so he's the one who moves up fastest, and he gets the shot to be the heavyweight champion. Um, but 
they Zach Efron's character is getting married and at his wedding he goes into the bathroom and the second to youngest brother what's his name something Dickinson uh, yeah I forget his first name sorry um Harris Dickinson yeah Harris Dickinson's character is in the bathroom and he's puking up blood and he thinks that he just caught a bug while he's been on the road touring um but Zach Efron's like well you need to stop pushing yourself so hard because you know you're gonna die and a week later he dies in his hotel room in Japan before he can be the heavyweight champion so the dad's immediate reaction is just don't cry about it we're gonna push her the rest of my sons forward whatever and so then it is jeremy allen white's turn and he you know is doing really well and he finally does become the heavyweight champion and then he drunk drives his motorcycle into a car and loses his foot so he then can't wrestle but his dad is like no if you're not wrestling you're dead to me basically so then he can't tell anyone he loses a foot and uses a prosthetic and continues wrestling and so then it's up to Zac Efron and nope that's not true Zac Efron starts training the youngest brother who just wants to play music to be a wrestler all right sorry I misspoke a little bit um before the second oldest brother loses a foot the youngest brother goes into the ring to replace the one who died, basically, so they can all wrestle again. And he hurts his shoulder and ends up in surgery. And in the surgery, he gets toxic shock syndrome and he goes into a coma. And when he comes out of it, he's just not all there anymore. Um, and, you know, he just, he's trying to learn things again but he kind of he tries to play guitar and realizes he can't do it anymore and all the stuff he loved he just can't do so he kills himself um and then second oldest brother guy jeremy allen white's character loses a foot and is also sad yeah and he goes off and kind of leaves his father's business and goes and joins the more fashionable wwe at this point uh and becomes their champion and is really successful but then He's starting to get older. He's got the prosthetic leg, so he gets and I think ousted. he got into like opioids or something yeah. when he when he lost his foot because he leans on drugs a lot. Yeah, and so he's kind of they've basically told him like we're you're no longer one of our main wrestlers. We're gonna start putting you on more sideshows and less important stuff. And he just doesn't know who he is without that. Um, and so then he calls Zac Efron who is now at this point just trying to be a husband and father uh and Zach Efron he's basically telling him like I I don't know what I'm gonna do I'd rather be dead uh, and so Zac Efron calls his dad and is like hey I can't get there fast enough I need you to help and the dad's like nah this is between you two like figure it out figure yourself it out like yeah. he called you not me and so then he, Zac Efron drives to his parents' house, and his brother is there. And as he's walking into the house, his brother takes his own life outside. Uh, and then the father is just kind of there, and he isn't overly remorseful. And so Zac Efron almost kills him, but decides not to, and then sells the family business and yeah. buys a farm. And but I would has think nice with his sons. the very ending when he has this moment with his sons and then the scene where he's carrying Jeremy Allen White's body inside are his two strongest acting moments 
But then when he carries him inside, he finds his suicide note where he's like, today I walk with my brothers and he like grows a foot back on screen and then they all meet up in heaven and it's really awkward and weird and doesn't fit in with the rest of the movie and they like he meets his oldest brother who died when he was really young so he's still like a five-year-old he's like oh nice to meet you old brother and then like gives this five-year-old kid a hug and i'm just like this i'm sure if you've lost brothers or are more connected to this material care at all about wrestling or just I think a lot of people just really love Zac Efron and Jeremy Allen White, and so they're kind of attached to these actors uh, slightly more than the characters. Then this would be a super emotional movie. Yeah, but it was just a little silly for us in that moment just because we, like, are watching Grey's Anatomy and make fun of it every time they go into into heaven and talk to dead people, so it's kind of just a trope we didn't think we'd see in 2023 (laughs) and this prestige movie that's supposed to be really deep and heavy to have this kind of moment which like a heaven moment can work and it's not like it derails the whole movie but it just kind of is awkward yeah and Zac Efron's character had been distancing from his wife and his son because he's scared that he's going to give them this curse and that they're gonna die because his family's so unlucky but then upon losing his last brother and his dad basically saying if you sell the family business you're never going to be in our family again like I will hate you forever he's like okay why do I even want to be a part of this so then he goes back to his wife he starts being a good dad they have another son and it kind of skips ahead and he's watching his sons play football together and he starts crying because you know he that was his favorite thing when he was younger all he wanted to do was live on a giant plot of land with his brothers and he's you know sad that he's not a brother anymore and his sons come up to him and are like you know asking him what's the matter because his their father is in tears and he's like sorry you shouldn't see me this way like men shouldn't cry and they're like why we cry all the time (laughs) and it's just very cute because he realizes that he can you know have emotions and be a person and that his dad was wrong his whole life um and yeah then it's over and yeah it's fine um at the end, it shows what actually happened afterwards, and they were all inducted into the Wrestling Hall of Fame, and I'm too scared to Google it, because if the dad got to be in the Hall of Fame, it'll really tick me off, because God, I hate him. Um, and then, yeah, all their kids moved on to a giant plot of land with them, and all their grandkids also live on that giant plot of land with them, and so he grew up and got to be happy, which is nice, but yeah. Mm-hmm. What an unlucky little family. (laughs) Yeah, but at the same time, you know, they lost one son early on, and then they drive another son to not be willing to explain why he's throwing up blood, because he's so afraid that he won't be able to win the title for his dad. And then his other one does have a freak toxic shock syndrome syndrome surgery. But only because they forced him into the ring. They forced him into the ring force him to get surgery to get back into the ring as soon as possible and then when he realizes things aren't going well and his dad's basically going to shun him if he can't he takes his own life so again the father has driven him to death and then uh the father equipped them with like no skills and basically has told them if you're not wrestling i don't love you um and so when jeremy allen white realizes he can't wrestle anymore he's going to be nothing he takes his own life so it's a curse, but it's also the father just being absolutely horrible, horrible yeah. the whole time. 
Uh, yeah. So what would you rate it? I will give this a seven and a half. Yeah, I'm about a seven, seven and a half as well. Yeah, I think there's some really great shots in this. There's some really good moments. Um, it is fun for the start, but then just kind of when it tries to be more serious, sometimes it doesn't quite land for me. Yep. Ever since I was a child, people said my family was cursed. Mom tried to protect us with God. Pop tried to protect us with wrestling. He said if we were the toughest, the strongest, nothing had ever hurt us. I believed him. All right, my movie this week was Quiz Lady, directed by Jessica Yu. Uh, this stars Sandra Oh and Aquafina, with guest appearances from Holland Taylor and Jason Schwartzman and Will Ferrell. Um, I picked it because Sandra Oh is everything to me, and I love her. <laughs> and it looked just kind of silly, and I thought it was going to be, you know, interesting to have Aquafina be the serious one and Sandra Oh be the silly, goofy one. And yeah, it follows these two sisters whose parents suck, and they, you know, basically raise themselves, and one of them goes more into partying and you know, being a free spirit and the other one goes into getting a stable career even though she hates it and watching quiz shows all the time as her only support and only stability in her life. Um, yeah. And also there's a pug. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just kind of your, your classic two people who used to be close are now really distant and completely different and then they learn to accept each other for their differences and still love each other and it's it was both it was funnier than i thought it might be just because it was like a straight to streaming comedy um and sometimes those aren't very good i thought it was pretty funny especially there were a few standout moments that really had me laughing um but at the same time, in the end, it's kind of one that I don't know that I'll remember Yeah, having watched. It's a solid comedy. If you're looking to kill an hour and a half with some friends, you could do a lot worse. Yeah, it's better than expected, but not enough to be, like, a great comedy. But, yeah, it's a great straight-to-streaming watch at home. Yeah. I wouldn't say family movie because they swear a little bit, but if you don't care, if your kids hear swear words, I would say it's a fun family watch. Yeah. I think there's there's a lot a lot, a lot to like here in particular just watching Sandra O oh and Aquafina play against type in a lot of ways was fun. Um they both are hilarious in their own right and do really well with these kind of odd characters for their usual roles. But at the same time it is a little weird watching them in the like watching Sandra O oh be silly be goofy silly and goofy and have colorful hair extensions yeah, and, and crazy yeah. outfits and all of this stuff and see aquafina just in drab you know dwight shrew office attire <laughs> the whole movie is just odd <laughs> yeah but yeah i would say it's pretty funny there was only like one moment that we were sad about but we'll get into that in the spoilers <laughs> section um, but yeah, that's really all I can say non-spoiler wise. So let's go into spoilers. All right. Spoilers for Quiz Lady. Um, yeah. So this follows, like we said, Sandra O's character um, and Aquafina and their sisters. They're 10 years apart and 
their dad leaves and then dies pretty much immediately when they're young and they're raised by their mother who is a gambling addict and just sucks um and yeah they don't really have any stability so they go off the rails in two different directions one's totally ocd serious like yeah very into quizzing and being smart and whatever and she just takes care of her older sister's dog who she got and then immediately left and left her at home with their horrible mother while she went off to Hollywood to be an actress which never panned out and she doesn't ever have a career and she just kind of does whatever she feels like whenever she feels like it borrows a lot of money from Aquafina yeah and also you know cries and screams to get what she wants that is just a little crazy um And through an odd series of events, their mother goes into gambling debt or whatever. They, this mob steals the pug, their 23-year-old pug or whatever it is, and is, like, blackmailing them for $80,000. And so uh, Sandra Oh uses this as an excuse to get Aquafina on the quiz show that she's loved her whole life that Will Ferrell hosts. At this point, Sandra Oh is convinced she's going to become a life coach. And this is her great moment. Her first big project is to make Aquafina more than just a drab office yeah. lady so as we find out later sandra oh actually had a giant lawsuit settlement coming and already had the money but she just really wanted to push aquafina into being the best that she could be so yeah they go on the quiz show and you know win. do drugs and whatever but yeah they win um and it's cute and it's funny the only thing that bothered me is that she drags holland taylor's old lady character clear across the country to play charades with her on this game show and then when it comes down to it she ends up not letting her play which made me very sad and the only other thing that bothers me is they did like a after the movie this is what happened kind of a thing and they never mention their mother again even though their mother's the reason they had to get the 80 grand in the first place but besides that it's it's like a solid cute little comedy yeah and i think for me like the most of it worked when it was just Sandra O oh and Aquafina doing their thing, but the whole like gang subplot, kidnapping the dog, it was whatever to incite the incident. But then we spent a little bit more time on it than I was expecting. It turns out this gang member is like really passionate about animal care and he's going into debt himself, and that's why he desperately needs this money and he can't make rent because he's spending all this any money this gang makes on caring for these dogs and it was just kind of weird and that bit of comedy never landed for me and they had a few like kind of extended moments with the gang that I was just like this isn't funny this is nothing and then they get the money in the end and take care of dogs I guess and eat fajitas and eat fajitas yeah Um, but I did really like the fact I don't normally like Will Ferrell because I feel like he plays such jerks in everything that he's in, and I don't find his humor very funny. Um, But he was in this, and he played a genuinely good, humble, sweet, and kind game show host who genuinely remembered and appreciates every single person who ever comes on his show. Like... He there's not one thing he does that's bad in the entire yeah, show. Yeah, he's, he's very nice. He's very kind. There's a reason they kept the show going for 30 seasons or whatever. Um, and yeah, there's he has a whole hallway of bow ties. Because he wears are, a different one every episode. Yeah, and so there's 
it might initially come across like he's egotistical and I thought that's the route they were going to go is he's some crazy egotist who hangs up all his bow ties but he puts them up because later he's talking with Aquafina and he's like no I remember this one because that night so and so competed and it's just like someone from Texas who had this and then oh this person was from Illinois and they were you know worried about this and he just remembers who they are and that was very sweet and touching um and then yeah and uh schwartzman is this insufferable know-it-all kind of guy who's almost breaking the show record for a number of consecutive wins uh and he convinces the crowd that he is like the good guy and that they should really like him because he's kind of angling to replace will ferrell but aquafina knows him to be fake and a jerk and then she beats him and it's satisfying and the way they you know she's terrified of doing charades because her one good thing is trivia um but then she does sadly oust the old lady who she dragged who just wanted to play charades because it's her favorite thing uh but she does replace her with sandra o, and they have a really sweet moment where they're able to get the most obscure charades clues based on like personal history and some of them are even moments that have come up in the movie so you can kind of like it's like some of it's just random things that they do that was probably improv on set uh and then other times they did stuff that were kind of callbacks to the movie which was a lot of fun yeah uh but yeah it was really cute it was funny i enjoyed it i would probably also forget we watched it in a few yeah. months but you know for a quick it's like an hour and a half long yeah so definitely worth a, a quick watch yep what would you rate it um probably a seven seven and a half as well i'm gonna go a bit lower and go a six like i don't know there maybe i'll recommend this to people if they're looking specifically for a comedy and the only streaming service they have is hulu or they've watched all the other ones that i normally recommend whereas the iron claw i do which i rated higher earlier i i would give a little more merit to so i think a six for this one cool I can't play on live TV in front of millions of people. I'll let you get to it. I know you got to get through hair and makeup. I already went through hair and makeup. Well, and you missed a spot. All right. Thank you for listening to our episode this week. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Nerd and Normie and tune in every Monday for a new episode. And if you're on YouTube, like and subscribe. And if you're listening on the audio platform, give us a five-star review. It really helps us out. Thank, thank you. you.